day everybody wants to sleep in. And I woke up this morning at 7 o'clock, and I said, well, I better get ready. We're going to go do battle today. And uh, I was sitting in there having my coffee, and Brother Collie called me, and uh, we had a wonderful conversation, and he told me it was something kind of funny. His only brother Collie can say to kind of lighten things up with everybody. He said, you know, it's funny. He said, I'm calling you, Brother Donnie, and I'm telling you my back is hurting me. It's really bothered me. And he says, I always feel better when I talk with you. He said, but I know as soon as I do this and we go ahead with the day, my, my pain just goes away. And I said, well, you know who's causing that? He said, yes. So I tell you, we all, uh, one of us getting older, I'm not, I'm sure a lot of you out there are feeling your little aching pains at, at 50 and 60. But I look at Papa out there and I wonder, he just keeps shuffling one foot in front of the other, moving rocks out of the way and keep on moving. And so if he can do it, I can do it too. Because I know he's walking in the faith. And that's what we need to do. That's our shining example right there. Help me, Lord. I love you. He brought me to Christ. God sent me to him. I don't know where this is coming from, folks. I just simply want to come up this morning and, and read my scripture. And uh, I didn't understand the scripture that God gave me to read, but once Brother Bob started talking, I said, this is it. And all the way here, he was showing me how the flame is not to hurt us, it's to cleanse us. That's what that fire's about. So this morning, is, before we open, we're going to read Psalms 127. I'll move on. Uh, it's a blessed day for me. Best day of my life is today. And... Uh, Let's go to the author before we read. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you've given us to come and gather around your words as the bride of Jesus Christ, Father. And help us, Lord. God, I pray you help us to be more diligent, to seek you more, Lord, that you can take away these things that are standing in our way, these little rocks, these little hindrances, Lord. Loose us from the binds of this earth, Lord, that we can only walk in you and your word, Lord, because it's the only truth we know is your word. You sent your word, and I love that scripture. You sent your word to heal us, and that's wonderful. But the other part of it is, Father, that from our own, Father, we make choices in this life. And forgive us, Lord, of our choices and guide us. As a bride of Jesus Christ, we're called to a higher stand here, Lord, today that we must be patient with the younger ones. And the ones we meet out in the world, we have to be real patient with them and careful with your word, Lord, because we don't want to hurt anybody or hinder anybody, Lord. But, Father, you just help us to be more like you, Father, and see our shining examples that you've set here before us with this ministry you've given us here in Lula, Lord. And I thank you for it, Father God, because I know where I would be without it, straight on my way. And I ask, Lord, you turn me from darkness into the light. And let that little light shine out there in the world that you've given me to shine to other people, Lord. And I ask this morning that you touch and bless those that couldn't make it through the door today. You know their hindrances, Lord, and you know what's holding them back. And we ask God that you just come down and touch them and save their souls, the ones that belong here, Lord. Bless all our family members and be with each one. Thank you for all the healings here, Lord, that you've done. And all the examples in this church, Father, that you are here. And we thank you for Brother Wade today and just bless him as he's going to be bringing your 
spiritual food to us, Father, to strengthen us, Lord, and let us get out of the way and just hear your word today, Lord. And you have your way with us, and you quicken that word, Father, and reveal it to us, Lord, so we can stand this battle, Father, because your word says we will, and we believe your word. And as we go to your word, Father, you just come down and lead and guide us and have your way with us. We ask it in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Y'all kind of forgive me if you've been a little bit emotional. I get a little bit like Brother Bob sometimes because uh, I don't know why, but I do. Um, I love the Lord. And I know who Donnie Fallbush was. And I know who Donnie Fawbush is, and I know where Donnie Fawbush has got to go, and only God's Word can open that door for us. So as we read this morning, Psalms 127, uh, we're going to read uh, 1 through 5. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that built it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. Lo, children are in a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Happy is the man that quiver of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Bless the reading of the word. You may be seated. I mean, enjoyed that this morning. I tell you, Brother Donnie, you don't have to apologize. You know, it's, um, I can appreciate a heart that has compassion and emotion and can speak sincerely of knowing where they come from and knowing who they are and where they're going and how God has used this ministry. And Brother Dell, we just want to wish you a happy birthday. I tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, blessing that God has established such a ministry here and that he can just um, help one another, edify one another, bring us more into unity through the love of Christ and the opening of his word. So we appreciate that, Brother Donnie. Thank you for just speaking from your heart. Brother Michael, would you come this morning and uh, take up the offering? Uh, let's sing that uh, song, The Goodness of God. Um, we're only here by His goodness, and I tell you, it's, uh, each of us, we appreciate what Sister Barbara's been doing with uh, gathering the testimonies. Um, I'm, I'm, I really love testimonies because it, it gets down to where God deals with the heart of the individual and shows redemption. And um, that's how we overcome. We, um, we share experiences. Brother Barnum, he always talked about um, never let that candle go out. Share your light with others. And um, you never know where it could spark or just uh, give hope and faith to someone. Amen. I love you, Lord. 
been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness. Oh, do you feel that way this morning?
that verse two again. I love your voice. Oh, it has led me through the fire in the darkest night. You are close like no
You know, he's still a creator. He's going to create in you a clean heart. And what? Renew. A bad spirit. Oh, no, it's not what it says. A right spirit within me. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see each and every one of you with us. Good to see everybody back. And uh, Brother Aaron's in Lincolnton preaching now. That that was um, the mystery that's been revealed now from Ryan. That... I like what he says, Brother Aaron, he's somewhere. <laughs> okay, he's somewhere. So let's just remember him in prayer. The family's there. Remember, Brother Bob will be speaking for us Wednesday night. Good job again today with the with the um, the Bible study. I, I just can't steal. And I, you can count me whatever you want to count me, but false doctrine is false doctrine. If you believe that you came here without a free moral agency, then that is false doctrine. There's nobody teaches that. Well, there are some to teach it, but it's not true. You came here with a free will or God is not a just God. See, it takes him away from being the righteous judge. What's he going to judge if this group over here just came this way, stamped and ready to go? As Brother Branham said, God didn't put you in a tube and pull you through and make you a Christian. You made a choice, and then when at the white throne judgment, we won't because we're bribed. But the choices they made in life, the ones that didn't receive the new birth, the choices are going to determine their eternal destination. But today, I hope and pray that you've already made yours. If you make it on this side, I don't want to stand on the other side and have to be judged by my works. I want to be judged by his works. Amen. Also, remember today, Brother Dale's birthday is today, so happy 83rd birthday, Brother Dale. <clears throat> we'll be having cake and ice cream after the second service and if you got him anything we'll open that up too so just remember that this afternoon also april the 30th brother willie smiley will be with us from well he was from okeechobee florida i guess he's still there somewhere but that's brother jack duff's brother-in-law he will be here on april the 30th two services regular time regular services uh just to give you a skip through on may uh, we had so many um, questions that we didn't answer at the Bible study, then we're going to have a prayer service before the meeting in May, which will be the meeting for the youth. And Brother William Borlevon will be here that Saturday and Sunday. But before that, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And also, if you want to stay over for a Bible study for a few hours, we will do that on May the 13th. May the 14th is Mother's Day. And then also one more thing. Oh. Um, tentatively now, tentatively, May the 7th, we will do a vow renewal ceremony, right? If you want to get married again, not married again to somebody else, if you want to get married again, then uh, be there that day, and men, buy your wives a bouquet, and we're going to have a vow renewal that day on May the 7th, um, and and that's tentative, okay? That's um, just kind of a weekend that we didn't have anything scheduled so so we'll have a vow renewal and then brother anderson and sister anna they're going to be leaving they're going to be gone for a couple months so um maybe they'll get their whatever revoked yeah wait amen okay sometimes can't do that (laughs) 
<laughs> Brother Anderson was like, oh, come on, man. I'm not going to pray that it does. We're just hoping and wishing that it does. And good to see you, Lauren. And you know what? I've got your thing up on my refrigerator, and I cannot remember your going-to-be wife's name. Lindsay? Mackenzie. I knew it was kind of a long name. Mackenzie. And good to have them here with us today. She's a visitor. He's not. <clears throat> and they're getting married on May the 6th. So, uh, yeah, I know. All the guys going, oh, come on, man. Yep, we're going to have another wedding. We've had a few the past several months. So, And his sister Lois is getting married next weekend. Next weekend, yeah. Uh, so man, we've got all kind of weddings going on here. So, uh, But good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have each and every one of you here just... <clears throat> Pray for us that we do, uh, that we have something for you today. So let's turn to um, John 1 1. We've been reading this. <clears throat> we got part 101. So we're over the 100 mark. So slow but steady wins the race, right? I read that book, Turtle in the, in the uh, Hair, and guess what? Turtle always wins. Yep. They can revise it, whatever they want to, but Turtle always wins. All right, so slow and steady wins the race. So let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the inspiration that, that all of us have that we brought here today, that we are inspired to hear from you. And we came here, Lord, not to be here for a party or here to be for, for anything else but to hear from you, Lord. Let us turn our attention just for a few moments to the word of God. And I pray that you would just be with each one, Lord, that's in the building that's sick, be with the ones that are watching in that are sick, the ones that can't get here. We pray that you'd be with them, Father, and be with Brother Aaron as he's preaching down in Lincolnton, Lord. And I didn't mention Brother Bob's going to be gone and Brother Harris next weekend. So we pray that you would be with all these ones that are going out and ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, save lost souls. You're still a Savior. You're still a healer. You're still a Redeemer, Lord, and thank God for grace. Lord, thank you for the time that you've given us set aside right here to listen to you. Father, use this unworthy vessel and clean us out, and you step in and say what needs to be said. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Mackenzie, you'll not be um, announced again, so you're just a part of us now, so you're not a visitor anymore. You may be Mrs. Fleeman next time you come, but that's okay. But good to have them with us. <clears throat> in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word was made what? That Word was made flesh. God does not have a problem being in human flesh. We think we have a problem being in human flesh. Because you say, oh, I, you know, if I wasn't in that. Well, get the new birth, as Bob said. Get the fire of God to burn out what that old part's inside of you. And you will absolutely have the Word made flesh inside of you. All right, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You can have your seats, and I'll finish reading. We're going to try to get to through with godliness and get to a little bit of brotherly kindness this afternoon. Second Peter 1, verse 5 is where we've been. For those of you that have uh, that um, kind of getting in right in the middle of this, we're talking on the statue of perfect man. And we believe that the prophet of God told us that these things are required. Because the Bible tells us these things are required. So it's not just something that we picked up and, and well, I, you know, Second Peter sounds good. I think I'll read it. He says, besides this, giving all diligence. So there must be something that you got, something urgent or something that you need to be what? Diligent about. Add to your faith. 
as we'll read in just a few minutes what we've read this quote over and over but i want you to see oh i got all faith i've got faith for this and faith for that brother Brown said faith alone won't do it faith alone will not do it you got to go on further with god sure you can get born again by faith believing on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved but remember i want to tell you something this morning you only really believe what you obey. Because I'm going to read your quote here in a little while. Brother Brown said, I've been here 30 years and you women still cut your hair. You know why? They didn't believe the Bible said anything about women cutting hair. Same way with all, not all y'all, but a lot of people does about church. You don't obey it because you don't believe it. And you know what that makes you? An unbeliever. All right. Second Peter 1 verse 5 says, Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. This is an addition to. And to your virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. And the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 3, 16, says, Without controversy. In other words, we don't have to get a, uh, Brother George, we don't have to get a roundtable discussion going on, on godliness. No, nope. because without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. Now, what was the mystery? God was manifested in the flesh. That's good enough for me right there. All right? Justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory, and I'm not adding to the word of God, came back and went into you. That's the mystery. That's the controversy that even maybe um, people in the message have about how you get born again. There's 17 different ways. No, there's one way. Amen? And we're not some special people. Now that we're born again, yeah, we are. But you got to get born again first. Most important thing, and Brother Brown said the most ill-taught subject, as I've told you many times before, you might get saved listening to a tape somewhere, but you will not go on with God. You will fall somewhere without a five-fold ministry. All right? It takes somebody to stand here and look you in the face and say, hey, we got issues. We got things we have to do. Because that's what the Bible told us. That is, as we look right there in that little red, it says plan. God had a plan and a purpose. He planned it this way. But you know why he planned it? Because he saw it. He saw that we would need today, that we would need Wednesday, that we would need the Bible study, that we would need watching, uh, you know, on YouTube different ministers and listening to tapes and reading the books. That's the plan. So he made it all available to us. So now we have a free choice. Somebody ought to preach on that. A free choice to either take it or reject it. All right? <clears throat> so that word controversy is without strife or dispute, without quarreling. We're not going to quarrel. We know where God is today. God's not in a building. God's not in a car. God's not in a tree. He's in human beings. All right? And we're going to talk about this afternoon. A minister said one time, I can't remember, he was, he was here preaching not too long ago, but I can't remember which one said it. He said he, uh, first time he come in the message, said he got the book Anointed Ones. And he said it scared him to death. It should scare all of us to death. Anointed Ones at the end time was a hard message for the prophet to preach because he had people sitting in his congregation that was a recipient of that. They were anointed on their spirit realm, but it didn't get into the soul. See, that didn't, didn't get into the new birth. It got into the spirit realm of man. And you know what? Anoints your memory, reason, conscience, affection, imagination, make you shout, jump up and down, and preach the gospel. Judas did because he was anointed to do that. But he didn't have the new birth. 
He actually was black in his soul. So that's what we're looking at at the end time. Even Jesus stood up one day and said there'll be false Christ, false anointed ones. He said it himself. He didn't say false Jesuses. He said false Christ who are anointed ones. So we'll get to that this afternoon because I want to bring that in in godliness. Because Bible tells us they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. All right, so Brother Brown says, so foreknowledge looks back and says that he foresaw this and knows that's the reason he could tell what the end was from the beginning. Like I said before, Brother Brown, he, bring, he, he brings a message to a group of people, and he tells the people, he says, oh, now foreknowledge is not a good uh, word to use. He, in other words, in a mixed crowd. Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterians, and all that. Mixed crowd, all right? Wasn't talking about women or men or black or white. He was talking about mixed denominations, mixed mixed ideas, uh, controversy, all right? So that's what but he was telling him. He said, look, he said, foreknowledge is a better word to use. So foreknowledge takes it all the way back to the mind of God where everybody wants to go, get in the mind of God, and that's fine. Brother Brown told us to get in the mind of God. But he could tell the end from the beginning. So he looked down and he saw Danny Fountain's life from the time he was a baby till the time that he goes into rapture. Knew what his choices were and therefore set together a plan to meet him one day and come and, and, and cross his path. Not that he was this great something he was eternal as he was a baby and he comes up and he's got eternal life and then all of a sudden, oh, I just realized it. No, the things I did... Eternal life wasn't nowhere around, and I don't know about you, but I think I'm, I'm a member of that club, all right? But God cleaned me up. God burned that old nature out of me and put his nature inside. That's the new birth, all right? Not just attaching his nature to us, but giving us his nature, burning the old you out. So he could tell the end from the beginning. Therefore, knowing all things, he could just do what? He could just put everything out there, all right? Knowing all these marvelous days that we're living in now and to stand and witness and see the things. Have you ever done that? Just stand and witness the things that even when Brother Brandon was in, this was in 1962. From 62 now here it's to 2023, the things that's transpired that Brother Brown said. It's like Brother Ernie always said. He said, we've got tomorrow's news today. We know what's going to happen. We know where the mark of the beast is. We know that what communism is and not to fear it. We know it's denominations and how to fear that and where Satan's seat is now. All right? But we also know the seals are open. We also know there's a way to get out of here. We also know we don't depend on death. And to stand and witness and see the things that we've seen now, God had to make a preparation for it. Now listen, so he made a choice. Don't get quiet on me. God made a choice. He made a choice to save you. He didn't have to. God's God. Remember, before all this, he was self-existing. Didn't need air to breathe. Didn't need me and you to tell him what to do. Hello, somebody. But you know what? He decided that he's going to have a plan. He decided that he would put Adam and Eve in human flesh to work on the earth and be the God of the earth, but he knew when they were put in human flesh, they were going to fall. But he had attributes of Savior, Healer, Redeemer, all that was inside of him that needed, and he wanted to express them. 
All right, so he expressed them by letting them fall, not making them fall. See, there we go again with free choice. Adam and Eve had free choice. Eve could have just said no. There wasn't some great something going on. It was just Eve could have just said, no, let me go get Adam and I'll... No. Satan, being who he was, knew he could work on her emotions. That's why sisters should not be preaching or usurping any authority in a church. Now, that's Bible and the prophet's message, so if you get mad at that, go talk to them. But that's just the way it is. Because that's the plan. That's the plan of God. Christ the mystery of God revealed, Brother Ram said, Now, God's secret mystery he had before the world began. Now, back in the back part of God's mind, in other words, what? Foreknowledge. He foreknew. Those who he foreknew, he did predestinate. If he didn't know you, it's really simple. You, you look at, at, Brother Chris just explained it so well Sunday. I know some of you thought he may have been a little bit off, but no, it's a masterpiece. That was a way to tell it right there. There's not a spot. There's not a tangible something that you've got that somebody else don't have. It's just a representation that you had from predestination as the woman at the well had representation. See, the, 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 the Caiaphas and all them, they didn't have representation because God knew by foreknowledge he knew they would hate him. They knew he would ne- they would never accept him. But he knew she would by her choice. But it's not something tangible. But you can't do away with the quotes. You got Brother Ram said, he said, you come here, baby, you come here with something in you. That's a quote. You got to do something with it, though. Then he said, eternal life started at the altar. You got to do something with that, too. But you bring it all together and realize that Brother Ram's looking in the mind of God telling you what God's saying about you. And then you're over here seeing the sinner giving their heart to God. That's the flesh part. That's somebody trying to get right. Remember, God can't change his mind. If he loved you in the beginning, he always will love you. Can't change his mind. So that way, yeah, I'll go with predestination or predetermined if you go that way. But not that you come here and you didn't have a choice. I just ain't going with that. Not according to the Bible. Not according to the prophet's message. So if it's according to yours, you have a controversy. And I'm really not even going to talk to you about that controversy. That's just so off the word that we don't have any choice. Now, back in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and going to achieve. In other words, to make it unfold. He had a motive in doing it. What? To let himself be expressed. Then he talks about another moon or star. Let's just keep going. Second Peter 3, verse 14 says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. The question was, we can't be perfect. No, not in ourselves. We can't. We fail every day. We have failed by getting up this morning. All right? Some of you could have had an argument with your spouse or even yourself. Donnie's got his finger up. Bless your heart, buddy. I'm sorry. You'll be all right. I hope Susan, you're watching this. You'll have another one when you get home. Sometimes it's good to just keep that, just hold your hands down, you know, just maybe stick a finger up every once in a while. But Be diligent. Take notes, you two. Be, di- be, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. The question was, you know, you hear the people in the world, I can't be perfect. You're not perfect and I'm not perfect. When you start talking about these different things that God's done in your life, 
And no, you're not by yourself. But God said in the Bible, 2 Peter 3.14, says you can be found in him without spot and blameless. The Bible says spot or wrinkle in a certain place. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord, there's your patience, is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Now, God's waited 2,000 years. He, well, he's, no, I'm sorry. He's waited 6,000 years. He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. Talking just like me and Michael are looking at each other right now. Nothing in between. That's what he wanted, or he'd have made a difference. We've got to remember that if, God, if that's the way God wrote it, that's the way he wanted it, and it's not going to change. We've got to adhere to it. His plan, not ours. But he, was, he would go down and talk to Adam and say, hey, man, how you doing? Good. I'm fine. Yeah, man, we're good. All right, everything's fine. I'm going to go back in this other dimension, and you take care of this round ball we call the earth. All right? He can't do that now. Sin broke the picture up. Sin broke the chain. Everybody with me? So now, instead of being born with the nature of God, the two natures, you're not born with two natures, folks. You're not born with two natures in your soul. I'm sorry. I am so sorry about that. That's the old two-soul doctrine. And then Satan became, gives you a soul. He's not a creator. There's only one creator, and that's God. But, though, he want, God wanted you to have his nature the whole time. But when we, when, when, um, what happened in the garden, it separated. He had to take this back. I hope this is for somebody. Maybe it's for me. But he takes back the book of redemption. He takes back that book. And, and coming down through time now, he allows you to come like this. You, you come as a fallen nature. So now where's this other nature at? Where's this Genesis 126, man? Is everybody with me? Where's this Genesis 126, man? It didn't come with you. Hello? We got them in the front, amen. Let's get them in the back, amen. You don't have those two natures. You lost that one. That Genesis 126 man never sinned, never had a bad day, never, never even went to sleep. But it stayed with God because sin was so hideous. He said, I'm going to put enmity or a division. Now, Adam, I can only talk to you through blood. You got to go kill an animal. And he said, I think I'll do the first one and then you do it afterwards. So God killed an animal, throwed the skins in and said, put these on. Everybody with me? So that is the way you came. You came with a fallen nature, a soul given to you by God, not eternal, but perfect. And it became imperfect. You can hear what the Bible tells us. Because the Bible says being made perfect. So if we were being made perfect, that means we were imperfect to start with. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7, So that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm what? You. Confirm you unto the end. Yeah, you. You know what our problem is? We, it's like I said about the laundry list. Our problem is, is well, I had a bad thought. I need to get rebaptized. Well, I, I had a bad this. I need to get this done. And then I need to go get this done. No, just repent. Amen. Just repent and go on. The best thing to do, repent and go on. He didn't say repent. He said repent every one and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've done that, you don't have to do that again. But it's not that you're not going to sin either. Everybody with me? Who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be what? Blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called. 
Ah, many are called, few are chosen. You were called. Listen, everybody got the call of God. To me, that's the free moral agent. Everybody got called. Some will say yes. Some will say no. Pretty simple. No in between. No gray area. You either was in the ark and lived, or you was outside the ark and died. There wasn't any that made it by the skin of their teeth. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. Well, we haven't got there yet. But that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same what? Judgment. First Corinthians 6 verse 9 says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. Pretty bad group. Amen? Oh, yeah, that's them that's people's in jail. Let's read what Paul said in verse 11. And such were some of you. That kind of knocks them in the teeth, right? And such were some of you, he was looking at a congregation, and such were some of you, but you are washed. In other words, you made a choice. You were this before, now you're this. To me, folks, that's a choice. And you made the right one. But you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Philippians 2.15 says that you may be, how many times have we read this? Blameless. Blameless and harmless the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in this world. So it takes grace, though. It takes grace. It takes amazing grace to get us through that period and to get us born again. It takes grace. That's why people that are not born again, they're the most critical people in the world. They don't know what they're talking about because they don't have, didn't get grace theirself. Oh, they can condemn people and they can absolutely just run people down and ain't got enough of God in them to come to church. Well, I said it anyway. But we all need grace. Everybody know Miss Grace? Some of y'all are in trouble. Grace, grace, amazing grace is for what you did in the past. But it takes these virtues to keep us clean. It takes these virtues because you're in your soul today. If you're born again in your soul, as Brother Bob was talking about this morning, in your soul, the real you, the real being that we're talking to today is either born again or not. There's not a gray area. Now, you could be in justification or sanctification. Your walk could be as you're progressing. But you got to start progressing. Do as the turtle. Start the race. Let the tortoise go on out there a little bit further. The hare's going to jump past him, but he's going to be slow and steady. That's the way we need to be, slow and steady. All right, let's get to patience. We talked about temperance. Temperance is having what? Power. It's having control. All right? Let's have patience now. It is not in the New, in Old Testament. It's in the New Testament because without, uh, you look at Moses. He didn't have a lot of patience. You saw he was patient. Well, it got him in trouble by not being patient. He smoked the rock instead of spoke to it. So he didn't have enough patience. But in the New Testament, 
A man who has not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety. By even the greatest trials, those are um, plural, and sufferings patiently and steadfast. Brother Brown, now this is kind of long, but I'm going to read it anyway. Does he hold back the persecution? Does he stem the tribulation? No, he does not. He simply says, I know your tribulation. I am not at all unmindful of your suffering. What a stumbling block this is to so many people. Like Israel, they wondered if God really loved them. How could God be just and loving if he stands by and watches his people suffer? That's what they ask in Malachi 1, 1 through 3, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet we say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Now, if we stop right there, we're going to make God then picking and choosing. But the reason he hated Esau was what? He saw Esau give away his birthright. Foreknew. He had foreknowledge that that was going to happen. Therefore, he could love Jacob and not love Esau. And listen, before you were born, he either loved you or didn't. But you didn't know that. We're down here now. We're in time. We're in redemption time. We're in grace. We're not going to need grace when we get to heaven. We're not going to need faith when we get to heaven. We're going to be faith. And hallelujah, we're going to be grace. You see, they could not figure out God's love. They thought that love meant no suffering. They thought that love meant a baby with parental care. But God said that his love was elective love. The proof of his love is election. Now, what is an election? Election is not you don't have a choice. What is an election? You have a choice. You go to the poll and you vote because you have a choice to vote who you want in or who you want out. Regardless of all this other stuff, that the electoral college and all that stuff, let's just go simple this. God voted for you. Satan voted against you. You swing the vote. All right? It's going to be two to one, one way or the other. But God knows what you did, or did, but you don't. All right? Look, now watch. Keep going down through here. But it's all with a purpose. If he did not have a purpose, then he would be the author of frustration and not of peace. His purpose is that after we have suffered a while, after we have suffered a while, we would be made perfect, be established, strengthened, and settled. As Job said, he put strength in us. What? Virtue. All these are tied together. Job 23 says, you see, he himself suffered. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He was actually made perfect by the things that he suffered. Hebrews 5 verse 9 says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, here's Brother Brown. In plain language, the very character of Jesus was perfected by suffering. Or what? Patience. And according to Paul, he has left his church a measure of suffering that they too, by their faith in God, while suffering for him, would come to a place of perfection. So we can't get perfected without some suffering. We can't get perfected on a flowery bed of ease. Why did he want this? James 1. My brethren counted all joy when you fall into... How many of y'all just get up and start calling people and said, I'm just so happy I'm in this trial? Posted on Facebook. I'm just so happy and big old stars going off and, you know, big heart bouncing up and down like some of y'all send. No, when you're going through a trial, you send that emoji that's... 
or them other kind of emojis. Going through an issue or problem. But it says right here in the Bible, count it all joy. That you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. What? Wanting nothing. Don't we want that? Then eat that scripture right there. Why does he stand by? The reason is in Romans 8, verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign with him. We have to suffer to reign. The reason for this is that character simply is never made without suffering. Character is a victory, not a gift. A man without character can't reign because power, apart from character, is satanic. In other words, the power that we've been talking about, the virtue, without the new birth, you'll use it wrong. It's satanic. But power with character is fit to rule. And since he wants us to share even his throne on the same basis that he overcome and sat down on his father's throne, then we have to overcome to sit with him. A little temporary suffering we go through. Temporary suffering. Now is not worthy to be compared to the tremendous glory that will be revealed in us when he comes. Oh, what treasures are laid up for those who are willing. Who are willing. Oh, choice. Just made a choice there. Who are willing. Free will. That's why I call it free will. Who are willing to enter into his kingdom through much tribulation. That's your perfect man says, we're heading on up. We're still in patience for a little bit. You're beginning to reflect the works of Christ, but so many of us try to do the works of Christ before the reflection of Christ is in us. Now, everybody, listen, let me stop for a minute. Everybody wants to be zealous. We got, we, you should have a little bit of, not jealousy, zealous. You should be zealous about coming to church. You should be zealous about studying the Bible. You should be zealous about somebody that is sitting beside of you that's worshiping God, that, that feels the power of God. Maybe it's not your turn yet, but you know what? <clears throat> Maybe the next time is yours. But you're doing one thing. You're, you're, you're looking and you're seeing that these things are happening and you're not being fanatical about it. All right? That's why we've seen people, as Brother Brown says right here, he's talking about really some of them are the Pentecostals who he was preaching to during that time. They got fanatical. They run out on a limb and said, this is it. Speaking tongues, you get the Holy Ghost. Well, you know that's not the truth. We find these things happening. You know it. I know it. We see these stumbles along the road. We find the scrap heap of ministers, Christians, Christians, not not a scrap heap of, of, of unregenerated people, scrap heaps of Christians piled along the road is because they didn't go into it right. In other words, they weren't given the plan right. And now what it is, they weren't given the plan correctly. You need to find somewhere where they do preach the plan correctly. And that's why I'm here this morning is to try to teach this little church and myself how that we can become the dwelling place of the living God. How many would like to do that? Say amen. I'm not worthy. Well, you just cut yourself off. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering. To us, we're not willing. See, God got free will too. He wasn't willing that any should perish, 
Because listen, there's no way God can stand and be God. And just say, well, this is it. I'm taking this group of people right here and I ain't taking them no more. And he sees billions upon billions upon billions that grace will cover the kids that are under the age of accountability. Put them in heaven. Come on, somebody. Uh, a cup of water in my name. The people that are good to the bride. All these different ones that's going to be given eternal life. The foolish virgin. The Jews that stood for him. All those different ones. Brother Brown said, you know, Caiaphas. I mean, not Caiaphas, but uh, see, that was the difference in Caiaphas and Nicodemus and, and Gamaliel. Gamaliel and Nicodemus kind of held their their stand and said okay if it be of god we can't stop it if it's not of god it'll stop itself but caiaphas wanted to kill him so you see the difference in the two but but nicodemus and and gamaliel will be given eternal life so there's that other group standing there that's going to be given eternal life by their what choice because gamaliel and Nicodemus were two, I mean, they were the highest ranking. Besides the high priest, they were the highest ranking, uh, whatever you want to call them, priests, popes, whatever, or bishops or whatever. You know, they looked to Gamaliel and Nicodemus, and then there was Caiaphas, the high priest. What was the difference? They made a choice. But so did Caiaphas make a choice. So what's long-suffering? Bear long, suffer long, be long-suffering, patiently enduring, to be of a long spirit. Not to lose heart. Please, let's don't lose heart. We've seen people, we were just um, discussing some things, me and Chris, the other day, of all the people that we've seen come through the message and then they just disappear. I'm talking about disappear. Well, what happened? They lost heart. They didn't get born again, number one. But had somebody tell them, see, they had somebody sit there and tell them, well, just believe the message. That's all you got to do. Just believe the message and, and you're saved. No! The devil believes it more than you do because he comes to church when y'all don't. Quiet if you want to, but it's the truth. To persevere patiently and bravely in enduring what? Misfortune and troubles. To be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. To be mild and slow to punish. That's your perfect man, Brother Ram says, virtue must be in us. And until we get virtue, when we get true virtue, then we can add it to our faith. That's the next foundation wall. Now, first, you must have faith. Look, faith alone won't do it. Paul gets to, he says, you can have all faith. You can have charity. You can have all this stuff. Not charity. You can have, you can have the mysteries. And you can know all these things, but have not charity, which is right there on top of the headstone. You're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Faith alone won't do it. Now watch, El Shaddai, 1960. Abraham, we find out, didn't obey God just right. Now what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Abraham's the father of our faith. The foundation of our faith. And Brother Brown said he didn't obey God just right. Now he made ready and had faith in the promise. But see, we can still have faith in the promise and then not obey. Still, it hinders us. Let me go back to my quote. You only really believe what you obey. And think about that. It's true in everything. Everything. Even out in the world, you know, things, you, the choices, all the things. You only really believe what you obey. Because if you don't believe it, you're not going to obey it. All right? It'll hinder us. 
Faith alone won't work because faith without works is dead. That's right. Brother Adam said, what? Patience with what? Not with your neighbor, not with your brother, not at first. He said, patience with God. If you got real genuine faith, you'll have real genuine patience because faith worketh patience. When God says anything, you believe it. That's all. You got patience. Now, how many of us have been through trials that we've had to do that? We've had to hold on. And then hold on. I'm talking about when you get to the end of your rope, the old saying is, tie knot and hang on. All right? But somewhere God came through. Somewhere, somehow God came through. Why? Because you persevered. Because you didn't let go of the rope at the top. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Thank God for a God like that. Even the use, I adjure you in the name of the Lord. If you don't know that God today, you need him. Because it's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. We ought to write a song about this. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. To what? Wait. Oh, no, we want, and we do, we want them all saved. Their time, though, not our time, right? That's why you, you give them over to the Lord. But now you, but now you give them over to the Lord, Sister Regina, not with a little bit of string attached to it either. That if something gets wrong or gets bad, you start pulling them back. Nope. Give them to God. Lay them on that altar and say, God, whatever, save my children. And don't pray for it to get any better. That's hard to swallow. But, but I believe what Brother Claude said, and I got to thinking about that. I, at first I thought, no, come on, man, you need to pray for your kids. But if your kids, if you're praying that your kids come to God, and then you start praying that off of them, because you can, remember, Brother Ram said, he even said you could pray something off somebody. Be careful. Give them over to God. If they're having trouble, then you just let God handle it. All right, mothers, remember this. Let God handle it. I mean, the men sometimes will like, hey, I told you. And the moms are going like, can't we just call them and let them come to the house one time? No. Cut the cord. Let God do his work. How many of you would like to save your children? Mm-hmm. You just wasted your time. I just wasted my time telling you that, too. But you sure can pray for them. You sure can say, God. Stir their water. Don't let them sleep. Josh would always tell us a long time ago, you know, we'd be praying for him and he'd get in a car wreck. He'd be one of the guys, there'd be four guys, you know, standing around and one guy throw a rock through a window and they blame Josh. Sometimes maybe it was him. Sometimes maybe it wasn't. But he always got the blame. And um, he told us one day, he said, would y'all quit praying for me? He said, I'm having trouble at every turn and every corner. I said, y'all, he said, y'all just quit. I know what you're doing. That's what I want it to be. I want it to be where they don't have a, any wiggle room. They have no way out. 
They got to come back to God. Not mama and daddy. They got to come back to God. Amen? Let God take care of them. And it might look bad. Listen, if we have to go through suffering, if we have to go through trials, if we have to go through temptation, being child of God, what about somebody that's coming to God? Just lay your hands off of it, turn your head and say, God, you'd save me, save them. The trouble of it, we people were in too much of a hurry. Yeah, I want them all saved. It's just got to be done right now. Can't come back no more. And when you get that in your mind, you're going to lose right there. As I've always told you, this is not a microwave religion. This is not a microwave Christianity. This is a crock pot. Turn it on low and leave it alone and come back several hours later and you got something to eat. We did that not too long ago, Jim did. Man, it was good pot roast too. You're on losing ground right there. You don't have nothing to stand on. You must be patient. He's not asking. You said you must be patient. We should have now. Here we go. You got to have patience with God first, but we should have patience with one another too. And I wrote myself a note, but I'm going to leave it for right now. I'll not read it. Like I've tried to get this message overlooked at the tabernacle. Now, this is a prophet of God. I'm nothing. All right? I'm just a minister. He was a church-age messenger, a prophet that brought the word. He was the conduit of God. Amen? He was someone that you thought, well, he's just going to stand there and everything he says, the people are just going to f- do what he says. Right? Wouldn't that be the way? Yeah. They wasn't one denomination stopped because Brother Branham came. There wasn't one woman quit bobbing her hair that didn't want to. It's hard to do. I've tried to have patience. This is 33 years. See, have patience. Women still bob their hair. Still just the same. You know why? Because you believe what you obey. Wait, have you have to. If you ain't got it, don't try to build on this down here. Have patience. That's why he said it was it took him thirty three years to come to the place to preach this. To where he could give his people instruction on how to stop doing this and how to quit doing this or that or the other. Have patience. Wherefore seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with what? Patience. The race that is set before us. Uh, That's what I was trying to explain to you the other day. When you say patience, Lauren, everybody says patience. Well, just, you know, just go sit in your easy chair. I've always told you, if you're looking for a job, don't pray to God find you a job and then go sit down in a lounge chair. God is not going to come knocking on your door and say, hey, I got you a job. No, you're going to have to get your sorry honey and out love for one. And then God will open the door for the choices you make if you put God first. All these other things the Bible says will fill what fall into place. Problem is, is we don't start. We start by our what we want, not my will, but Thy will be done. Then let God, if you're asking for a job or or getting married or whatever more, ask God. But listen, don't just never visit her again. If you're talking about marrying somebody or, you know, you still got, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't pull your door up shut in your closet I and mean, in your bedroom and say, I ain't coming out till God gives me. You'll die. Right. Yeah. You'll be lonely and you'll die. Yeah. Right. 
God wants you to what? Run with patience. Run with patience. The race that's so that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus. What? The altar and finish of our faith. In other words, look this way. How many of you new drivers? The problem with the new driving with me was I was looking at the at the hood of the car and trying to judge the white line and the yellow line. I don't know if I'm the only one, but maybe I am. You can't do that. You'll be off like this. You got to what? Pick your spot from here to the door, 50 feet away or so what. And when you do that, it's like Brother Brown talks about the guy, the little kid with the bicycle. And he rode that little thin thing, and everybody was falling off. Why? They were falling off because they was watching their wheels, and he get close to the edge, and they just fall over. But he said, well, how did you win, Johnny? Johnny said, I just looked at the prize and took off. And that's what we got to do. We got to look at the prize, take off, and listen, make sure it's the right prize. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Matthew 10, verse 22 says, You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that what endureth to the end shall be saved. That word endureth means what? To remain, abide, not recede or flee. That's our problem. We get a little bit of something going on in our life and you disappear. Don't do that. Don't do that. Not recede or flee to preserve under misfortunes and trials to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. To endure, bear bravely and calmly this ill treatment. The word end means the end to which all things relate, the aim or the purpose. You know what the end of God's plan is? Eternal life. The end of his plan is eternal life. We don't need redemption when we get over there. Mm-mm, redemption will be over. Listen, redemption's over for the Gentiles when we're down here. Right? Amen? It continues on to the white throne judgment, but after that, the end is just the beginning of your eternity. <clears throat> the end of all things has come upon man. Well, if the end of all things, then we're just going to die and we're just going to evaporate. No. The end of all things is, is if you pass away from this world, you're going to step over into another one, and you're going to be eternal. I don't, that ain't end like this. All right? Hebrews 6, verse 12 says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and pa- Look, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Because he knew then, see, the promise that he made Adam and Eve, he made it with condition. But he made it before the fall. All right? Eat that tree, you're good. Don't eat that tree, you're bad. But then now that we're down here in the sin or in the fall, the fallen stage, the first three dimensions, God comes down and he says, I know you can't do it. I know you're going to have problems because I've already seen you have problems. But I'm going to make a way. I'm going to give you a provision. It's called grace. And it's called an unconditional covenant. Most every covenant has a condition to it. Do this, don't do that. I'm going to do this for you. You got to do this for me, back and forth. God raised his hand up and he said, because I could swear by no other, I swore by myself, I'm going to do this thing. I am 
is his name. I am. He's still the great I am. Because who's going to do this plan? I am. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I. Look at those words I. Brother Dale preached on this a long time ago. Uh, you go to Hebrews, but if you'll go over to Genesis about 12, there's about 20 times God said, I will. He didn't tell Abraham. Now, Abraham, you, you. No, he said, I will. Shed right here too. Surely in blessing, I will bless thee. And multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured for 25 years, he obtained the promise. Luke 21, 19 says, In your patience, possess ye your soul. Let's look at God in this just for a minute and then we'll close. Pick that up this afternoon. <clears throat> Godliness means holiness. There's something we'll get to later on that I want to see I want you to see. But it's reverence, respect, piety towards God are the word godliness. Second Timothy three, verse two. If you look in your Bible and look up the word godliness, Timothy covers it about twenty times almost in his chapters, in those little chapters of Timothy. So read the whole chapters of Timothy, every one of them, two of one, two, and three. I think maybe there's four. I can't remember. I don't have to remember. It's in my Bible. Thank you, Timothy 3, verse 2. All the old people say it. Amen. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Here we go again. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Have I hit anybody yet? I'm fixing to if you didn't. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Tell that to the government. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Somebody stand up that I ain't hit them yet. Didn't think so. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors. Heady. High-minded. Lovers of pleasure. Then going to church. Having a form then of godliness that we're talking about, or piety. But denying the power. You only really believe what you obey. And that's where the power lies. But you can have a form of that power and it be wrong. Many a woman preacher got up and preached messages that probably could out-preach anybody in this building. But they're wrong. Because that's what the Bible says, they're wrong. So go back to the beginning, to the Bible. If it's wrong, I don't care what they can preach. They're not supposed to. All right, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such... Turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses, churches, and lead silly women, churches, laden with sins, led away with many lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. First Timothy 3, verse 16. And without controversy, we read this at the beginning. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And as I said before, came back down and gave us every bit of that. Everybody with me? <clears throat> so now Brother Brown's getting to godliness, and we'll read this and get musicians to come up. But if you got genuine faith, then put genuine virtue to it. Then genuine knowledge, then genuine patience, 
then genuine, I mean genuine temperance, then genuine patience. You're moving right on up the line, all right? You're, you're working the plan. Fifthly, add godliness. Oh, my. Godliness to be added. What does godliness mean? Now, remember, you got a part of godliness when you got born again because you got part of God. But you really got to go way up here to the top almost before he asks you to be that. And not just be that on Sunday. Well, I didn't get an amen from that. What does godliness mean? I looked in four or five dictionaries and couldn't even find what it meant. Finally, I was down at Brother Jeffrey's there and found it in a dictionary. Godliness means to be like God. Oh, my. After you got faith, virtue, knowledge, temper, patience, then be like God. Whew. You say, I can't do that, Brother Branham. Yes, you can. Let me just read you a few scriptures, and he talks about Matthew 5, 48. Be therefore what? Perfect. All the virtues. See, this is... Now, let's stand to our feet. You only really believe what you obey, all right? I'm going to believe that the virtue of God, temperance, patience of God, as a portion was put in me at my new birth. Amen? That's what I believe. But I don't. I can't obey all of it because I don't have that kind of godliness way up there in the pyramid when I get born again. Because you start down here, right? But as my faith rises, so does my virtues rise. Everybody with me? All the virtue, all the things that's in God is in you. Now, if I believe that, then i got to obey it. Be therefore P-E-R-F-E-C-T. What's that? Perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. you got way up here now before you're asked to do that. In other words, the part of God's plan was that he's not going to have you act like God at the beginning. He wants you to have virtue. He wants you to have knowledge, temperance, patience. Then he asks you to... Be like God. You get way up here before you're asked to do that. All these things has to be added first. Then when you get up here, he's asked you now to be perfect. Godliness, sons and daughters of God. That's right. How many things I can say along that line? He talks about going to Ephesians 4. Oh, wait a minute. Let's read that. Is that in the Bible? Ephesians 4.12? Oh. He gave some apostles, some prophets. Now, how are we going to get perfect? How are we going to grow in the statue of perfect man? He's telling us how. Remember last night, don't try to take the other man's office and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of God. Does it read like that? The congregation says, nope. The perfection of what? And they said, saints. That's us. Who are the saints? The sanctified ones. Amen. The one started, look, the one started from down here. Down where? Right there at faith. Amen? Perfecting of the saints for the work in the ministry. Ministry of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> for the edifying of the body of Christ. Building it up. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To the perfect man and to the assurance, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let's read this right here real quick. Invisible Union, 1965. And a man that's born of God, a son of God, has to have the nature of God. All right, it's a requirement. He has to be like God. He honors God. He is part of the Word of God. Part of that Genesis 1 man, same as that John 1 man. 
He is part of the word of God. And in this last days of this bride taking form, just exactly the same power that he was in at the beginning has come up through these organizations and so forth and come out for the bride. He can't be nothing else but that. There was one more I wanted to read before. You know what? I'll read it this afternoon. Let's sing a song. There's a doctrine of godliness. We'll, sit, we'll talk about that this afternoon. I have a if you have a need. of strength when I am somebody's getting married if if y'all would would you like to come up here so we can pray for you we'd like to bring them before the church if whatever they decide to do i'm doing the ceremony so um i want to uh, give them a prayer cloth y'all come ahead come ahead 
We've known Brother Lauren for a long time, and uh, he's made a choice for a bride. Let me stand right there. He's made a choice for a bride, and we don't we don't know her, but she seems to be a nice lady. Would you hold on to that and hold on with him? All right, and we're gonna pray for him that the Lord will bless him and have a good wedding and have a good life afterwards. Whatever they decide to do, let it be the Lord first. All right, and you've got the back end of this church. We're here to help you any way we can. It's really hard when we first start out. Zach? Lily? It's tough. you got to get to know each other and then fall really in love with each other. Don't let, don't let the devil get in between you. You just hold on to God first. And all these other things will be put in there. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I present this new couple, Lord, that's fixing to get married, Lord, here in a few weeks. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you will, Lord, bind them together and, and teach them, Lord, how to love you first. And then learn to love each other, Lord. Lord, you gave us this institution. So that we can have wives and husbands and it be honorable in your sight. Man's tried to do all kind of different things to make it unhonorable. But Lord, you honor a marriage that is given by you, Lord. So I pray that these two, Lord, as they're to become one, I pray that they would put you first in all things, Lord. Everything be done, Lord, then for your honor and glory and let them live a, a glorious life, Lord. Whatever's transpiring, Lord, in the future, you only know it. But, Lord, may they do it together. And may they bind closer as you, uh, the day approaches, Lord. We pray that you would just bless them, Lord. May they have good weather. May we have a good time, Lord, at the ceremony, Father, and reception and honeymoon, Lord. May everything be done, Lord, for your honor and glory. And may you bless these two young adults that are coming together, Lord. As a church, we bind together to to pray with them and keep them in our thoughts and prayers, Lord, as they start a new life together. And we pray that you would be with them, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Congratulate them. Those prayers. You're dismissed. Just blood saints. Oh, I Just blow.